Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Ryan, how's it going? It's going well. I, I'm I'm back. It, it feels weird. I took a week off, and I'm back now, and a new expansion launched, and I took the wrong, I took the wrong week off work. I, I completely spaced <laughs> on when Battle for Azeroth was coming out, so... <laughs> I I didn't use like the fake, you know, uh sick note that a lot of companies right, right. make, you know, like, oh, you know, show this to your boss. But like Monday morning I got back after a week and I was scrambling to like get a hold of my boss and I'm like, Okay, uh I I, I he's like, Oh, what's up? You wanted to talk to me? It's like, Oh, well I have this and this and this. Also, I need to take tomorrow off and he's like, Oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. And then the conversation started to go, and and I didn't want to explain why. I just wanted I just wanted the day off. <laughs> you just yeah right. So he was saying uh, he he said uh, and you know we get along pretty well. He understands me. He knows I'm a gamer and stuff, and he knows I do podcasts and whatnot. So like this is not like I'm not gonna get in trouble here. But he was saying like oh I hope hopefully you're taking it off for a good reason and you know you enjoy your day. <laughs> I was like yeah, uh well mm, okay fine I might as well tell you I'm taking it off so I can play a video game and. That and then that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, I did not use the fake sick note. I think. I think that's how you actually get fired for for taking a day off to play video games. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're your vacation days, right? <laughs> oh yeah, no, it, it was all above board. It was just like I felt bad for taking a week off, then coming back in for one day, only to, yeah. <laughs> to be off only again. To leave and, yeah, and so okay, were you able to actually? I guess I thought we were gonna do. BFA after we did everything else. No, 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 we, we should. Well I just, just, I just thought, I just had to. I just well, wanted we'll to just, story. we'll just roll right into Let's Warcraft talk right now. Let's just do it. Um, so, since you took the day off, were you actually able to get in on expansion launch day? Oh, this expansion was perfectly timed, and the fact that it launched Monday night, so I was, I was not only looking at Tuesday being, you know, a wow day because, uh, you know, beforehand, it, Ashley said, "Oh, I'm going to take the kids to Aromas," and then. And, you know, strategically, they nap in the morning and they, and they nap in the afternoon. So it probably offered me a good a good whole day there of, of you know, sporadic time, but, but good time nonetheless. But also it facilitated me staying up really, really, really late Monday night. <laughs> uh, so I was up till 2 the first night and I and I sat down around 7 and started playing. That's so. really late for Ryan, you guys. <laughs> well, when you have to wake up, at, at, when you're up... At six thirty, whether you like it or not, every day. Uh, luckily, my you know Ashley has been super awesome and supportive, and I just said to her, "Look, like World of Warcraft is this weird beast where it's this huge game, and you pay for a subscription, and and new expansions come every, out every two years. So, like, can I stay up super late? Can I sleep in for like a half hour in the morning just to kind of recoup what is probably going to be a late night? And then, can I play video games all day?" And, <laughs> And and she, uh, awesomely, she was cool with with the whole thing. So, but you don't you you only pull that out every every once in a while. It's not an everyday yeah. thing. But it it was for WoW, and I think uh, it was worth it because I think that uh, there was only maybe one little hiccup the first day on uh, Monday night where I was, uh, and we were on the same server. You didn't appear to be because you were streaming, and I didn't notice if you were having any issues server side. But like it was like. Um lagging real bad i didn't have any issues the first day so on monday it was totally fine for me i was uh i logged into my character like not actually into the game like i didn't actually go into the world i was just like on my character select screen 
And then um, about like five minutes to six, so six is when it was supposed to launch, about five minutes to six, somebody in my chat was like, oh, the quest just popped for me. So then I tried to log in. Hmm. And then, so I think I kind of like missed the the big push because I was a couple minutes early. So I think I got just ahead of like the giant wave of everybody trying to log in. Um, so I had no problems Monday night. I just like, I just, I played, I didn't get disconnected. I didn't like earthen ring didn't have any problems. So it wasn't, it was fine. Uh, my problems were all, I tried to stream again on Tuesday night and do my second zone and, um, I couldn't interact with the world. So my mm. character screen took a really long time to log. And then once it, my characters actually popped up, then I would load into the world, which would take forever. And then as soon as I got into the world and tried to turn in a quest or cast a spell or mine an herb, then it would just cast forever. So mm. it's like, I was like not actually connected to the server. So I wasn't able to play on Tuesday at all, which was a little bit frustrating, but um, um, that's too bad. But then I got to play. I played for a significant amount of time yesterday, so that's good. No, I, I uh, it was just Monday night where, and it wasn't even the beginning. I, I jumped in around seven, so an hour after it launched, and and I had forgotten that you know maybe it was since mists where it was just it, it was just like a, a an unlock, like a snap of the fingers, and and all of a sudden it was available, and you got the quest pop and stuff, and and that's such a cool feature like you know to do all that work just to have that happen. Like it's just really really awesome that they can do that. Uh, but it was around, it was around like 10 o'clock. So it was starting at the point where, like you said, it was just, you weren't connected to the server and it's to be expected. They were having issues and, and, uh, you know, some of the, some of the CS folks over on the Twitter were, were, <laughs> you know, have a little more fun with, with people than they maybe should have been. But, uh, uh hopefully no one got in trouble for that. I, I think it was quite funny. Um, they were being a little snarky. Yeah. But uh, well, no, I, because I mean, this is one thing that we talk about all the time on Angry Chicken. And I think we mentioned it on here a couple times before is like when people make the comments like a company and it doesn't even have to be Blizzard, but a company can put out like a super cool trailer cinematic or like put new cosmetic items in the game. And people are like, why the hell are you working on cosmetic items? Why aren't you working on server stability? And it's like the guy that paints the cosmetic items is not the same guy that builds the server tech. So maybe you should just think about that comment for a second and you're being a little ridiculous, which essentially is what the, the CX folks were saying, but you're right. Yeah. Like it, they, there was a certain level of snark, but this is also a, what, like 14 year old game. So I feel like at this point it's earned because this happens every single time. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I, I, I had no problem with those comments because it's like, I get it. You know, I understand working for a, a large organization. It's not one person doesn't do all Everything. the things. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that one person may not even touch all the things, you know, or even understand all the things. So the fact that someone would, would, would suggest that is, is pretty funny, but no. Considering worldwide launch and you know uh, seven or six p.m. Eastern is is still a, a you know an achievable time across the world, especially when you when you think of of it as World of Warcraft. Like a lot of people will go out of their way to stay up and play this game at launch. So I'm sure they yeah, have a significant was, uh, amount of folks. It was a midnight launch in Europe okay. and a very early morning launch in um, Asia. So. It was uh, probably the most inconvenient time was actually for the EU folks because they're the ones that couldn't start playing till midnight. And then if they had any connection problems or anything else, then, you know, but I feel like 
yeah, it was it was great for NA. We got the we got yeah. it a day early, like Pacific time. Got it at three p.m. So, yeah, it was. Uh, I'm glad that it went as smoothly as it went because worldwide launches are. It's it was the first one that Blizzard's ever done, or at least that World World of Warcraft's ever done. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it went pretty well considering they let mm. everybody in all at one time. So. Um, overall, the launch is pretty good. Uh, chat room's asking what a significant time in WoW is. So I'm curious. I think uh, on Monday I played from launch, so six until I think I streamed five and a half or six hours. So I streamed till almost midnight, and then uh, I took a bit of a break and then went back in again and played another like two or three hours, I guess, and just kind of like puttered around, finished up the zone I was working on, did some profession quests. Like, I didn't do anything anything too, too crazy. And so I guess I put in, yeah, like eight or nine hours the first day, so on Monday. And then, like I said, I couldn't play at all on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I played from... I played pretty much all, all evening, and I finished at, like, 4.30 in the morning yesterday, I think. So mm. I played another, like probably five or six hours i would say like i'm going really really slowly i think the record for hitting 120 was just over four hours by some guy in method <laughs> who was him. leveling with a group like auto turning in quests like all the tips and tricks and everything but uh i've been reading all the quests i've been taking my time and definitely not like maximizing my path through the zone or anything and i'm almost at max level but yeah i've definitely been taking my time and questing alone so it takes me longer to kill things and i'm also leveling with war mode on which means i get in fights with people all the time so that takes me away from actual like questing so hmm. yeah there's lots and lots and lots of alliance now in the horde areas so it's not like day one it was like only horde in the horde areas because no one was a high enough level to actually enable the war campaign and get the ship over to the other players island so for the first like plus all the login issues that people were having so mm. it was pretty quiet the first day but uh yeah it's a lot of people are hitting max level now so including most of my raid team i feel like i'm so far behind <laughs> oh yeah i hadn't even thought about about that yeah no i i uh I guess we might as well get into it. Um, so, you know, after ten years, I've I've uh, I've always been playing Horde for a long time, and I and I switched to the Alliance. I, and I'm on Earth and Ring as well, so I still have my Horde character on Earth and Ring. But I, I think I made a mistake uh, by keeping my Alliance character on on Earth and Ring because I just haven't been able to get into a dungeon. Usually, the dungeon finder. Oh, yeah? but, but then I thought about it, and it's like, well, the dungeon finder pulls from all servers, so. I just remember in Legion being able to get into a dungeon pretty much instantly in the Finder. Do, do people not use are that you, anymore? Are you um, a healer or a tank or are you damage? Because uh, damage queues yeah. are always longer, right? I, so. Oh, well, yeah, but I, I am damage. But I I just, I guess I could switch to Holy. So I started a Paladin. Uh, I've always wanted to play a Paladin and I've always wanted a Draenei character. So I, I started a Draenei Paladin. Uh, and... And I, yeah, no, I, I played. You through... should be a Lightforge Draenei Paladin. I know that you won't have the rep unlocked to do that allied race quest, but I once you actually that. do it, then you should, yeah, race change. <laughs> it sounds like I looked, I looked at that, and uh, for all the allied races, and I thought, man, that looks like a lot of work, and I don't know if I want to do it. <laughs> it looks like a lot of work. And... Well, you do have your. Um... 
Legion stuff unlocked, right? You got to max level in Legion. You just kind of stopped playing after that. But you have, mm -hmm. like, your mission table unlocked. Yeah. Because you could go back to your class hall in Legion. And there's missions for rep with the Lightforge Drain Eye. It's, um, I think, Army of the Light is actually the, the faction you have to grind with. But mm -hmm. you, could, you could potentially do it that way. And then cool. just kind of unlock it a little bit over time. What's the specific reason for wanting the Lightforge? Drain eye. Uh, you have to unlock the rep for. Oh, you mean like why like, would you why would I it? want them instead of just a normal? Uh, why would you play a normal boring one as a paladin when you can be like a super light forged version? I hadn't thought of it that way. Actually, I had <laughs> thought of it that way, and then I saw that I had to be exalted. I'm like, nope, that's not happening. <laughs> I I got to exalted once to get a dragon in Wrath of the Lich King, and it was so boring, and it took so long, and I realized it's that this is like eight-year-old tainted experience but <laughs> i was gonna say it is totally different <laughs> i now know because you can do world quests emissary quests mission table stuff it doesn't take as long as it used to for sure like i know i think okay. a lot of people looked at it and went oh i need to be exalted with these factions but if you just like quest through argus and do some world quests you'll get there it's actually much faster than it was back in wrath of the lich king to the um, point that they had to add like people were gaining so much rep with factions that they needed to add a reward every 10k rep afterwards because people were just they were like okay i did this in a few days now what do i do okay. and so every 10k rep with factions that you get now offers you a bonus chest <laughs> i had thought about like you because i have i have i have a bunch of boosts so i use one boost i think i have a boost left over from draenor and it's a it's a hundred boost and i figured like okay that i'll save that one for whatever allied race I unlock. And, and I was actually thinking of, because um, I love the accents for the Culturus uh, uh, uh The Culturans, yeah. Yeah, the Culturans. I love that accent. And I thought, like, oh, I should look at what they look like. Like, I don't care. I don't really care about the racials. I don't care about, like, their skills. I just more, like, what do they look like and, and you know, and, and the, their accents and stuff. So I'm, I'm saving that 100 boost for... And I realize I'm talking to the person who uh, has a specific WoW podcast, and I'm talking to a lot of folks who really, really dig WoW in a way that they're like, why would you go for the second porn stash, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, race when you could have, you know, this this very specific paladin uh, type type paladin race? It's like, oh, I'll, I also thought about going for the Torrens as well because they look really cool, but... Um, the High Mountain Torn are neat. I haven't actually yeah. fully unlocked them yet. I can. I'm technically on the quest, but I'm just like, eh. Yeah, I... I I guess for me is like I'm still I'm still going through Battle for Azeroth and last week I didn't get a, a chance to talk about it and that I did all the I did all the pre expansion content with my horror character. I got all the way through Siege of Lordaeron and I did all that and I was just like, you know what? I just can't I just can't do it. I can't do uh one thing like, you know, mass genocide of the tree and then chemical warfare. I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna let other people do this and I'm gonna experience <laughs> the other side because that's just that's just how I how I'm feeling right now. It's not like a statement. It's not like oh screw you, Blizzard. Like I still think the Horde side. It sounds like the story will be very interesting. And there's there's a great thing about the war campaign and that you get to see the like missing pieces of the story. Like at least the cutscenes, mm. which I thought was a really cool idea. Um, yeah, I, I so I've just been playing as, as the Alliance. I'm not too far. I'm like one zone in. I think one zone. I did the so yeah so i'm 
I'm two zones in, and you got to see Horde cutscenes as an Alliance player during the war campaign, because I definitely didn't see any of, like, I've seen a lot of, of Jaina cinematics shared. I have not mm -hmm. seen any of that as a Horde player. Oh, well, because basically, like, so at the beginning of the game, there's just this, so, like, everyone's talking about how WoW is doing story better, but there's still, like, missing, there's still some critical missing issue, pieces, like, for example, at the beginning, it's like, oh, the horde came in and stole like a troll and this like, princess and i'm like right. okay that's interesting why do i like who are those people why did you have them in the stockades and why didn't they take saurfang <laughs> you know they came to save the we trolls yeah so we we tried to save saurfang and he wouldn't come with us he abandoned us so <laughs> really? he's no longer yeah he's no longer a member of the horde <laughs> huh but then what you just like, well, we'll settle for these two trolls. And it just so happened to be like, <laughs> well, no, we were we were sent after the trolls. And then we uh, uh, because the trolls are being held in the stockade, we we went by Sarfang and he was like, no, screw you guys. And we were like, fine, screw you. And then he was like, I'm staying here. And we were like, fine, stay here and slam the door on our way out and then went and got the trolls that we came for. <laughs> huh. Well, OK, so maybe I'm missing like a good chunk of the story and, and rightfully so, because you're playing you're playing both sides. I think this is well, really yeah, the I mean, first. The Alliance wouldn't have you wouldn't have heard our conversation with Sarfang, right? It would be like maybe if you went down into the stockades and tried to talk to him, maybe he'd tell you. I don't know. But well, I think what basically happened with the war campaign is you get it's the first time you go to the, the, the troll island. I don't know what it's called. It's like Z Z Zandalar. Zandalar, thank you. And uh, you get there, and one of the Alliance guys is like is like holding a, a troll captive. He's got the sword of the guy, and he's like, all right, you need to talk. And then basically you ask him a question. He's like, yeah, I'll talk. It's like, huh, I didn't think to just ask him to talk. I've just been pointing this sword at his throat the whole time. <laughs> and then it plays the cutscene uh, from the other side of of the where the they show you the alliance ships being attacked by these uh, these siege ships, and then it shows the other side of of the of the prophet sort of ordering, and then uh, Nathanos kind of saying like, what's happening?" I don't know. He's kind of weird that guy. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it just showed that other side, and I thought that was a really cool way of of kind of showing bits and pieces of what the horde is, is experiencing and doing to the alliance but i haven't gotten i just unlocked the second war campaign to go back over so mm. i wonder if they'll continue that but the fact that they didn't do it on the horde side again is a little perplexing because i feel like maybe yeah like so yeah. so what we saw when we after we left stormwind is that our cinematic was that the alliance ships were chasing us on our single zandalari ship and when we arrived at Zandalar, there was a really cool moment of the princess like calling on the Loa and then the fog parted and then we saw Zandalar and then all the Zandalari ships were there and they fired on the Alliance and then there was one Alliance ship that got away. Yeah, that was the guy yeah. who warned, who came back and said like, yep, yeah, uh, it didn't work. They <laughs> <laughs> uh, <I> got away. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I... I I think I really do feel like this is the first expansion where where you kind of have to play both sides to get the full full story. Like I, I was kind of thinking about it, and I, I talked do to agree it. with that a hundred percent. Yeah, sure, that you need to play both sides to the point that like I'm now done two zones and parts of the war campaign on my horde character, and I almost want to just like stop leveling and switch over to my alliance character, and then do some leveling on the alliance side because I feel like from all the chatter I've seen on Twitter and stuff, and all mm -hmm. the callbacks to like. Jaina's past and Warcraft 3 like the Horde story is is pretty cool because the Zandalari trolls are pretty cool 
and their like connection to the Loa and all that wild god stuff is interesting. But like, I'm not nearly as invested, I guess, mm-hmm. in like the Zandalari troll stuff. Whereas like, I'm way more invested in like the story of Jaina and stuff, you know, just because she's been around for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, our interesting characters who've been around for so long, like Sylvanas isn't even really there. She showed up on a ship. Uh, I think in my first set of quests in the war campaign, she showed up on the ship and then she was gone again. Mm-hmm. And apparently Anduin does the same thing on the other side. But then like our secondary leaders, we don't really have that many anymore. We've got Lothamar for the blood elves. We've got Bane for um, the Torin. But other than that, like, we don't have secondary leadership that's been around for a long time. That's really factored in the story, the way that they have Jaina, like Sylvanas is our Jaina in terms of been around for a long time, has an interesting backstory. Mm -hmm. So like we're not grounded in the old story of Warcraft, the way that the Alliance story is. So I feel like I'm probably going to be a lot more interested in what's going on on the Alliance side of things. And like, I also feel like it's super disjointed from the, um, it's super disjointed from the pre-patch to this like and and i said this to our raid team too like the pre-patch was like war 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 war, escalation 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 and then now we're just dealing with troll problems we're not fighting the alliance anymore Whoa. and i'm kind of like like and yeah there's the war campaign is right. a thing but again like the war campaign is gated behind levels so that story is really disjointed and doesn't fit in with what i'm doing for the trolls like I'm in the middle of a troll zone and all of a sudden it's just like, ding, Nathanos wants you back in Zandalar. And I'm like, I'm busy, Nathanos. <laughs> yeah, he, he's uh, he's kind of a dink, that one. I don't know. I just, I feel like if I play as the Horde, I, 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 I don't, I just can't, I just don't, I don't like him. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's just weird. I don't think you're, I don't think you're supposed to like him. And, and chat room saying Bane is pretty present. Bane is standing next to a map going, which zone would you like to go to next, hero? That's not really being present. He's just uh, standing there. He's that's not a spot on Bane, though, right? Like, <laughs> Thank that's, you. That's really good. He's not doing anything compelling, like <laughs> grappling with his past like Jaina is. He's just herpaderping next to the map. <laughs> uh, well, let's, well, lots of mountains over there. Let's maybe go to the mountain. Oh, should we go to the desert? Okie dokie. Oh, no. He's Rocky or Bullwinger or whatever. The, yeah. The moose, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, Windrunner is doing the same thing next to the map, uh, and, and there's Shaw as well, uh, on the Alliance side, but I, they've continued, so it kind of feels like in the, in the pre-patch, it was big, big war move, you know, big war move, Alliance was, uh, caught, uh, you know, basically the Horde, you know, pillaged and burned and salted the earth to kind of say yeah. like, nah, we're, we're, we're protecting our interests. We're trying to kill you. You know, yeah, la, 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 la. And then this, the, the actual expansion comes out and it's more about, okay, this is like a, an enhanced cold war phase where we need, we need to seek out allies and we're, we have spies on each side. We know they're seeking the trolls. We're seeking the Colterans and, and, uh, and, and going back and forth. So and and then there's like the little little shots across the bow with the war campaigns that from what I've seen because basically the first one in the alliance is just like I don't know kill some dudes and and some stuff and it's not anything really compelling it's more you're just setting up like a beachfront and then they call mm-hmm. you back 
Uh, but, but yeah, it's basically yeah. the same on the horde side. And the one thing that I did like on the horde side is the first one that I chose as a hunter was to go help Rexar because he had been in my hunter class hall. Mm -hmm. So I got to go fight alongside Rexar as we basically like sacked an alliance town and then set up a base in it. So that was kind of interesting just because of who I was fighting beside. But then it was just like, okay, yep, now we've established this base. You can leave. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> was kind of all. anticlimactic. I was like, yeah. I was looking forward to getting back to the to the Calterans and but then it just felt like I did all I did the, what felt like very minimal, not well thought out quests. Kind of a lot of clicking, a lot of walking, a lot of killing. No story. Just like do these six things in a row, then you can go back to the interesting stuff. And maybe the second campaign will be a little more entertaining, but the first one was just kind of like, hey, you can look at the troll stuff now for a bit. Um, and I dig those tastes across, you know, you know, on the other side, but but something I've noticed in on the Alliance side, and I'm curious what it is on the Horde side, is that I was questing, and they've continued this idea that the Horde are this bloodthirsty, you know, sh shoot first, don't ask questions type... type uh, type race and it's like it's weird because i'm i'm just walking through this town everything's fine like i'm dealing with you know witches and you know uh you know azara stuff and then all of a sudden it's just like over the over the horizon comes you know the horde and they're just like lighting a town on fire of a bunch of civilians there's no there's no like defenders there just just sacking this innocent village and i'm like huh you didn't need to do that <laughs> i don't understand what's happening here um is is the alliance doing some similar stuff? Like, is war nope. at least making the alliance? Are they trying to bring the alliance down to the horde, or are they just continuing to kick the horde down? With, They're with that just stuff? kicking the horde when we're down, as <sighs> far as I can tell so far. That's um, so stupid. I really don't. And the other, like well, that. the thing that frustrates me the most is that like there there are parts or the parts of the pre patch. I don't know because again, I haven't played alliance side. Mm -hmm. um, but there's parts in the there were parts in the pre-patch where it's like me as a horde player would go through sack a town just kill the military and then the on the alliance side they would get to the town after the horde has moved through and everybody including civilians is dead and yep. i'm like i didn't kill civilians the horde like could it could be like an honorable war do you know what i mean like if you just go for military targets that's like the rules of war state like just yeah. military targets and everyone agrees to that and whatever um anyone that kills civilians is evil and now it just seems like from the horde side of the story we seem partially honorable except our war chief is a little bit nutters and and does some really bad things but at least as like there's still a large part of the horde that's honorable and refusing to do those kind of things. But then it's like from the Alliance side, it's very much just horde evil, horde evil, horde evil. Like, and so far I haven't even seen, I don't think so. Anyways, I haven't even like seen the Alliance at all, hmm. like on Zandalar. Um, it, just, it feels like we're, we're not on the defensive anymore, but we're on we're we're not taking the offensive but we're just preparing the, the whole story about the alliance is like we need the we need we need allies because there's there will be overrun like we lost a lot of people at Lordaeron and and we know the horde are, are going for the trolls like so we need we need allies here and Jane is basically like oh um you know I'll try to get the Colterans back and 
Anduin has a good line where he's like, you know, it's your fault they left in the first place. Good luck. Like, kind of, that's going to be quite the task. And she's like, well, I'll either return with them or I won't return at all. So let's <laughs> let's see how this goes. And it's the whole Kultaris. Is it Kultaris? I keep, I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. Kultaris. Kultaris. So the whole Kultaris like, campaign is you get there and it's kind of like Game of Thrones where there's this head of house of the island, but then there are all these other houses that you need to They unite. rule as a council, yeah. Yeah, and it's really, really neat. And and I'm just looking at the troll stuff. I watched a bit of your stream, and I'm like, what what is bundling this in relation to Battle for Azeroth? Like, nothing. It sounds like there's nothing there. <laughs> it sounds like it's interesting, and it's cool, and it's a great zone. But, like, what does the interests of the, of the, of the, those trolls have to the greater story of Warcraft? Like, Kul'Tiris mm-hmm. well, has always like, been there, right? Like, and, and has a yeah. reason to not want to come back to, to the fold, right? And, and they, they show that pretty, pretty strongly. Um, but I'm just curious where, where the yeah, other guys so come like, in. Where the trolls come, basically, and I think that this has a lot to do too with the leadership style of Anduin versus Sylvanas. Sylvanas is very like, play everything close to the vest, like don't tell anyone anything. And it's just like, we need allies. I have a lead on an ally. She's being held in Stormwind, go get her. And even then the Zandalari trolls were our enemies in Pandaria. And Hmm. so it's, it's very much like, and there's even, you talk to one troll as part of one quest and you have to like, spread the word of the prophet and the prophet is the guy who was leading the the ones that we were fighting in pandaria and one of the guys even says oh psh, zool he doesn't know what he's talking about did you hear about the time that he predicted that zandalar was going to fall into the ocean and then he stole all of our ships and then went and started a bunch of wars yeah not listen to that guy and i was like oh, yeah i do know that story that's pandaria that's funny <laughs> oh, but yeah so it's just like it's i don't know it's doesn't feel as grounded in Warcraft. It's interesting story, but I feel like, um, and I don't know how much they do on the Alliance side, but the Horde side very much feels like they're setting up the first, like, big bad that we're going to have to fight. And I think that's why it's so distracting, Hmm. is that, like, we literally have an old god presence on Zandalar, and so because we have that crazy old god presence, it's like, well... We know how bad the old gods are, so this is what we're going to have to fight. And why are we fighting the Alliance again? Yeah, <laughs> so. like, it just seems from a story perspective, like, I don't know whether it's weak storytelling or it's just they're pinning it all on Sylvanas and the way she mm-hmm. is trying to oh, protect Oh, they, they're her definitely world. doing that. And yeah. Yeah, and they're trying to say, like, oh, she's trying to protect the Horde, but it doesn't even really feel like that. And then our, like, the reason that I hate Sarfang so much, I think he's a terrible character, is that everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's so great, he's so honorable, he needs to be our war chief. And I'm like, uh, he just left. Like, he totally bailed. Like, that's a really shitty move. Well, you So, know, like, if he did actually want to attempt to bring the Horde back to its honorable ways, stay with the Horde and then attempt to rally forces like Vol'jin did against an evil war chief. And that is also kind of a crappy story because we just did that. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm at the point now where like my brain is almost like I, I am leveling through and reading the quest text and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm definitely in a place where I'm kind of just like divorced from the story and the lore because I'm like, eh, this is really not that good or that interesting. And I think yeah. it's going to an interesting place, but mm -hmm. the journey, at least Horde side, has not been great. <laughs> the Alliance journey has been really cool as it focuses on local Tyrus and, and uh, that whole island and, and the fact that we haven't seen these folks since, you know, Warcraft, uh, well, probably, I, I, I don't know. I can't remember now. I guess Theramore, maybe Theramore was the last uh, of them. Was it, was Warcraft 3, I think, when Daelin Proudmoore died? Yeah, Warcraft 3 yeah. was where he died. So that was, that was the last time that you saw, like, straight up, like, Kul Tirans from the island. Um, Theramore was where Jaina and her people settled post oh. Daelin dying. Okay. So then, yeah, Warcraft 3. So to me, it's like, it's bringing back a lot of interesting stuff. And they do... They do hint pretty strongly. There's one, I think, that the, the northernmost section of the island deals with Ajara and, and their, you know, the Kul'Tiris uh, connection to the sea and all that stuff. So it's, it is really, really interesting and it kind of shows like a bigger bad. And I wonder if there's, I don't know where this expansion is going. Like you, you don't do, you know, Horde versus Alliance for the whole expansion. Like, but... Are they doing Horde versus Alliance for like the majority of the beginning? Like, am I gonna have to play through hours and hours of content to 120 and then raiding, and then get to the good story on the Horde side? Is that I? I think that's kind of like, no one knows. No one knows. Yeah. The devs just keep saying like, "Oh, wait and see, wait and see." And I think that's my big problem is that like, it's very very hard as a horde player to stick around and wait and see when mm -hmm. the entire leveling experience of the expansion feels bad. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and again, I'm not all the way through. So I did, um, I did Vuldoon and Nazmir as the, my first two zones. So I'm almost 119. I have one zone left to quest through. And it's the like main zone with the big city. And I feel like that's probably the zone that has a lot of story. Like I might've done it out of order. I went to Nazmir because, and there isn't necessarily like an order order. You do have a choice of which zone you want to mm -hmm. go to, but um, Nazmir very much sets up like the first raid. So I feel like I just, I skipped all of the like introduction to the trolls and stuff by going to that zone first. It was really cool, really compelling. I loved the story there. It was really neat. But yeah, it wasn't uh, maybe the order that I should have done it in. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, uh, we've talked about Warcraft for a really long time now, so I don't really want to harp on it too, too much. But mm -hmm. um, I'm glad that you're in. I'm glad that you're playing. I'm glad that we're playing two different sides so that we because I you're right. This expansion, Battle for Azeroth, is very much two different stories. There are two different leveling experiences one for the Alliance, one for the Horde, and how much you actually get to see as the flip side. Like when I went and did my second, um, like establishing my second base, I got to see a little bit of the witch stuff. Mm -hmm. But again, it was like, oh, there's witches here. And then we just established a base. <laughs> so like... I would not recommend that. There are witches <laughs> there. Uh, no, I, I I mean, I'm going to, I'm obviously going to keep playing and I'll, I'll, you know, because of the way I play video games, I'll, I'll have to talk about it next week because I really won't have a lot of time to play anything else. There's not really a whole lot of anything else coming out now, so this is perfect. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I probably will have finished that, that witch side and done some more war campaign. 
I, I often, I haven't spoiled anything. I haven't looked at what happens at 120. I don't, I don't want to know. I want to find out for myself, but I wonder yeah, if that's I'm... like the light switch of like, oh, this is where we're going. Or if it's just more like, get ready to rumble. I don't know. I feel like um, 8.1, 8.2, like that's where stuff is really going to start um, getting back to the Alliance versus Horde, maybe. But yeah, for now, it just, it, it feels really disjointed. Hmm. There's some stuff gated behind levels that I don't think should be gated behind levels. If anything, I feel like it should be gated behind story so that they could make it more cohesive. But these are all very, very typical WoW problems, I think. Like, mm. they're, the storytelling is better than it used to be, but it's still not stellar. So, anyways, um, you did play a little bit of Walking Dead. So, mm -hmm. is it still the same old Walking Dead? <laughs> so, as is tradition, you know, I do a show called, uh, you know, Zombies in My Podcast, and I'm the Telltale guy. Like... As is as is also tradition, I I will not give up on these things. Like my co-hosts Bob and Lou are like, I, I got them to try a new frontier, the last Walking Dead for yep. Telltale. They played one episode and they're like, Ryan, this is trash. And I'm like, it is, but it's also the Walking Dead, and really we don't have a lot of options here, guys. But uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so I played through it, but then this is like, you got this, Ryan. So I've been playing through it. I, I I'm I've I've bitten the bullet on on this one. And yeah, it is more The Walking Dead. It is more Telltale, but they've so they've uh, beefed up. It's the same old engine, so it it still has those same quirks and sort of you can tell that it's like oh this is a ten plus year old engine. Um, but they have bo boosted up the the backgrounds, uh, so it actually the backgrounds do look a lot better now. In that before it kind of looked like everything was blurry. This actually looks the like the backgrounds it's... never really were the problem, though. It no, was the it's not getting caught up on invisible polygons and not being able to interact with objects properly. <laughs> I haven't really had like they have addressed those issues. You know, I my biggest my biggest problem with with the Telltale games has always been you know the way they portray the story or the way they 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 kind of wear their illusion of choice on their sleeves, like. A good game, like like a good story game with choice, has the ability to 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 portray choice as opposed to uh, to just showing like, oh, here's your options, but then like two seconds later, it's like it didn't matter because they just killed that character or, or something like that. Yeah, uh, there is still that issue here. Like it's it, it, there's still going to be those things where it's like, oh, I better choose wisely, and then the next scene is like, oh well, I guess that didn't matter. Um, yeah. that person was going to die no matter what but yeah they've boosted the graphics a bit so you can kind of tell that it looks a lot better it runs a lot better they've they've taken sort of sort of the issue with the telltale games they like you said they you often f find that you're getting caught up on stuff and not interacting well i think they've simplified things and made it more more of a narrative experience and a guided experience and that you're still controlling your character, but you're in more of a controlled environment as opposed to like, hey, walk around and click on all the highlighted stuff. Like they've gotten rid of that and put you more on a path of like, okay, we're going to put you in this room and you know, like when you're interacting with this area, it's going to bring you into a closer zoom view and then there's less cumbersome walking around and getting caught yeah. up on stuff. So they've addressed a bit of that, but like, like I said, my, my issue with the Telltale games has always been the way they try to tell a story. And in this one is is being billed as the conclusion to Clementine's story. So that's interesting. And, and the, the clear issue with A New Frontier was the fact that they took Clementine out of your hands and made her a secondary character. So the whole time, 
you're trying to play this new character to get to the new pieces of story for Clementine. And it just felt very like you were, it was always out of reach. You know, it felt very disjointed and, and so yeah, the character that you want to know about is yeah. Clementine because she's the little kid that you've been with the whole time. Exactly. She's like, she's the only one that survives. Oh no. Two people survived the first walking there's... dead game. There's well, there's Clementine, uh, Clementine wasn't on her own at the start of the second one, was she? No, she was with two other folks. But that's the thing is like they kill off those two characters. Your well, spoiler alert is an old game, but they kill <laughs> yeah, off those two characters five years ago. <laughs> yeah. In season two, they kill off the two characters that make it out of the first one. But then there's yeah. another character who survives miraculously because he dies off camera. He comes back. And at the end of the second one, they give you this choice of like, oh, this is a choice, and you either kill this person or you kill this person, and it's going to make a difference in the third one. And then when the third one came out, they just explored the fates of those characters in flashbacks, and surprise, surprise, the flashbacks were, hey, they died, you know? It's like, (laughs) what? That's stupid. Like, that's not... It's like, yeah, I chose to help character X or character Y, and they're supposed to live and make a difference, but they don't. <laughs> yeah, so so in this one, they completely hit the, the reset button and that there's all new characters except for Clem and uh, AJ, the little uh, baby she was looking for in A New Frontier. At the end of New Frontier, she finds out where the baby is and, and, you know, off screen, she goes to find him. So there's some unexplored stuff in between seasons that we, we might... Whose baby not... is it? Um, It's... A couple of new characters from the second season that also oh, okay. died, uh, but uh. she she had the she took care of the baby, and then at the start of the third one, the baby was taken from her, and then she got all upset about that, rightfully so. Uh, but in this one, it's you traveling with an older AJ. He's like maybe six, six or seven, I think, and you're you're like a. Oh, so quite a lot of time passes then. Yeah, there's quite the time jump. And you can tell because similar to The Walking Dead show, there's this time jump where there's less scavenging, there's less people. Um, but the game takes a lot of time to introduce these new characters. And, and one thing that I've, I really enjoyed is that they've... they they always Telltale always tries to do something different within The Walking Dead universe. And what they've done is... For the first time, they said, like, okay, this is like a Lord of the Flies situation. This is a all kids in this in this encampment. It's a boarding school. All the adults have abandoned the kids, and the kids are just surviving on their own. And it's very much, it feels very much like a Lord of the Flies situation. But in a good way at the start. It seems like they've, yeah. they've got things under control. But guess what, Jocelyn? It's The Walking Dead. And <laughs> there's an things underlying issue. Actually... <laughs> so this is, this is what kills me about The Walking Dead in mm. general, is that, like... No matter how much time passes mm-hmm. and no matter how much time an encampment or a strategy has been working, as soon as it gets focused on, something goes wrong. And it's just like, so like Clem gets to this place in this mm-hmm. final season of Walking Dead. She gets to this place. She has been, so it's been at least six or seven years because this baby has grown up. Not to mention the couple of years that passed in her life before that, because we saw Clem grow up before we had a big six, seven year time jump, right? Mm -hmm. So this has been like this little encampment thing or whatever she stumbled upon in this new final season of Walking Dead, the video game, has been working for five to ten years ish. And then now all of a sudden (laughs) shit is going to hit the fan 
for no reason. <laughs> well, I mean, there there's reason, and and describing it any further would be a, would a be spoiler. would be a super spoiler, and I get that. Um, but it's just it's so funny, like just the like it's like for narrative reasons, we now have a hole in the fence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like I, for narrative reasons, someone is concealing a bite. <laughs> it's 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 the age old issue in something that a lot of Walking Dead fans have to deal with on the show and the games and stuff. It's like people complain when there's not enough drama and then people complain when the way they introduce drama is through some idiot throwing a punch or some yeah. piece of the fence being broken or some zombie getting through, someone doing something stupid. And I will say that in this season, it's not because someone's done something stupid. It's just the dynamics of the group and out, outside gangs and being discovered and... And then finding out that maybe there's a bit more to that scenario, and and I think the the, the slowness of and the setup of, of episode one is okay. I can accept that. I've bought into the season. That's my only option. So let's see where episode two goes. But if episode two also flounders, it's like maybe they got another dud on their hands. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I mean, we've been playing with Come Time uh, in the Walking Dead games for geez, like a. Oh, I think our first game of the year episode was was. I think so, Dead. yeah. So it's been it's been almost six years, right? So, and they they've announced that all the episodes when they're coming out, they'll all be out before the end of twenty eighteen. So we'll be able to experience that right up until the end of the year. And, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I really like Clementine. I think she's a good character. It, she's probably the only good character that has made it through those games like they haven't really been able to since lee and clementine they haven't been able to duplicate that success in the Mm. game um i mean aj's interesting and cute and there's a lot of like really uh, is he better than carl because carl was super annoying oh he's way better than carl because there's this great there's these great moments that they keep setting up and interesting dialogue where he's like he's playing with another kid and he picks up this toy and he's like what is this and it's it's a police officer and Clementine says, like, oh, that's a cop. And he's like, what's a cop? And, and they <laughs> right, have that. He, he grew up in the world. That that actually, yeah. that is pretty interesting. Yeah, so they do a lot of stuff with that. And, and all of those dialogue, you know, scenarios about, like, what is an artist? You know, what does an artist do? Oh, they draw for a living. It's like, cool, I want to be an artist. It's like, well, <laughs> sure. Well, you can't really anymore, buddy, but nice try. <laughs> but no, it's just th- that kind of stuff is is really where it shines. So so the relationship between AJ and Clementine, uh, I mean, we know it's going somewhere tragic, like this being the, the conclusion to the story. Like, Oh, I, yeah, I bet you Clementine sacrifices herself so AJ can get away, and then AJ's the star of the next games, and they're trying to pick up where they left off with Clementine, because when we first found Clementine, she was like an eight-year-old, so... Yeah, it'll be... Quite cyclical. Yeah, and, and I mean they've said they've said that like maybe the final season isn't the best way to describe this. This is the conclusion to Clementine's story, but you know we could do more Walking Dead, and and I think what what honestly will happen is they're going to treat this as as the beginning of the final season as like a branching point, and they have a real opportunity here to not complete the diamond, but just keep doing that buckshot and and even the last episode going wildly different and having different conclusions. Um, I think that's that's where the interesting stuff lies is, is lean into the fact that this is the final season and have the conclusion to the season be so wildly different because you're not picking it up after and you don't have to worry about those 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 varying ends. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to see like a you know a duplication of the end of season one, you know, if, if Clementine's gonna sacrifice herself to save AJ and like or I'd like to see some difference 
differing endings based on my choices and my relationships with characters. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Well, I look forward to seeing how it goes. So the whole thing is called The Walking Dead, the final season, episode one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then, so see, they did. Did they actually named the game the final season? Yes, it's called Walking Dead: The Final Season. Yeah. Yeah, that seems a little bit <laughs> like maybe they should have, if they wanted to keep making Walking Dead games, they maybe should have not called it that. They could, should have called it like Clementine's Fall or the End of Clementine or something like that. Like even because a fall can mean so many different things, right? A fall yeah. can mean she becomes the bad guy. A fall can mean that she dies. A fall can mean, you know, all kinds of things. You can so, fall up too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I've fallen <laughs> up the stairs countless times. <laughs> but yeah so anyways um i won't be playing it no. i've given up on all of these episodic games like i've stopped even recommending that one these games played, to people <laughs> yeah even the one that we played um that i was super excited about and it was really really interesting at the beginning of the year and now i can't remember the name of it but it was kind of like the, the mystery on the island oh the council yeah that's it mm-hmm. um yeah i'm not even sure if there's new episodes of it out yet but i basically want to just wait until all of the episodes are out because when i got to the point that i realized it was an episodic game i was like well this is the most disappointing thing i've played this year <laughs> yeah there i think the episode two came out and three is also out so there's two more episodes expected before the end of the year so we should have all right that completed well then soon yeah once all the episodes are out and i can just play through the game start to finish like intended (laughs) then i will uh yeah we'll get on and review that but Mm -hmm. if you guys haven't realized not a big fan of gating content i don't like it in battle for azeroth and i don't like it in walking dead or any other episodic game i think that's the conclusion we can draw from these Mm -hmm. two discussions making me wait for story is a bad idea (laughs) um so that's probably why i enjoyed playing sea of thieves so much today is they don't make me wait for story because there really isn't any (laughs) that's not a solution jocelyn sure it is it's it's a make your own story (laughs) but uh yeah so i actually did get a chance today to play sea of thieves with josh and i noticed a couple of things uh so i haven't actually been back into play sea of thieves since before they launched hungering deep so hungering deep was the first big content patch that was meant to come out three months after launch that they pushed ahead and brought out i think like six weeks or so after launch And since then, they've also brought out another content patch called Curse Sales, which just launched. So it's happening right now. And each one of them has like a limited time quest attached to it. But the way that they do quests and uh, Josh and I realized today and actually ended up Googling because we got so stuck um, is you basically just have to explore and experience the world, which is why it was so hard for us because we hadn't played like the last time we played was when we played together which was again before hungering deep and they have had like little weekly events they like i said they had hungering deep which we totally missed that content patch there's a new faction in the game now too there's a new currency to earn like there's all kinds of new stuff so recognizing like what was different in the world and what might be worth interacting with was really, really difficult because we'd been out of the game for so long. It's like, if you had still been keeping up with Sea of Thieves, it would probably be very obvious what was new, but it did take us a while. Like, and especially when I'm totally in a wow mindset, the idea of like, where's my exclamation mark? How do I start my quest? Like, let's go. And there's, there's none of that in Sea of Thieves whatsoever. Like the interface has not changed. 
there's no like arrows on the map or anything else. It's like you talk to a dude in the tavern and he basically mentions like, oh, yeah, I think I heard a rumor about so and so going missing. Like, maybe you should go talk to her friend. She's around here somewhere. And then so like you have to go like look at all the merchants and try to figure out who it is that might have information about the missing friend. And then, you know, like we had to try to like basically talk and explore and then uh, the part that we got lost on was there were actually footprints in the sand that we missed. Hmm. And that was the like one inspect the footprints breadcrumb that we missed because you have to like follow the footprints all the way to the end before it'll actually give you like a little uh, X pop up to interact with it sort of thing. So we had to we ended up Googling it because we got really, really stuck and we went a couple of places that we thought it was trying to point us to and we couldn't figure anything out. So we ended up looking it up on the Internet and then we were like, oh, we have to go do that and then talk to this person. And then we were given like three or four different islands that we were supposed to go and look at. And then like on the island, we found a journal. So it was a really interesting um, like set of. Oh, yeah. Josh is right. There was no like hint or mention or anything that we should even be like looking for footprints hmm. and i don't know what it looks like on josh's system but i know he's playing on an xbox not the not the one x and i'm playing i am playing on my pc but the game was running so poorly i was gonna say it was not optimized but i don't know what their code looks like so that's an unfair statement on my end so on my computer the game wasn't running all that well last time we tried to play again months and months and months ago so I had like all of my graphics turned all the way down to low. So when I actually like looked at the sand, the, it almost looked like the footprints I was supposed to follow, even when I knew what I was looking for, just kind of looked like vague, slightly different brown colored shapes. Like they could have been like little sand dunes or something. Like they were really, really hard to see because my graphics were turned down so low. So I feel like um, the footprint finding aside... The idea of like talking to different townspeople and pulling together hints and deciding like where we should go. And like we even at one point like talked to an undead parrot, which was hilarious. <laughs> um, and like he pointed at he was like, OK, well, yeah, I vaguely remember, but I'm kind of losing my memories. But I kind of remember talking to this lady and we talked like here, here and here. And so like. Josh and I had to like literally like write down like okay we need to go to this place and we need to go this place and then we have to find a landmass between two outposts oh where could that be so it like it's a really interesting kind of quest design because I'm used to like I've been questing for the past few days in Battle for Azeroth and it's mm -hmm. very much like who your quest givers are, are very obvious what the quest is is very obvious it's broken down to be like here's a blurb you can read if you want lore but if you don't then you just need to kill six chickens and bring back their heads and you get 20 gold and you know then there's a big thing on your map that lights up orange like chickens will be here <laughs> so there's none of that in sea of thieves and it was actually fun because we had to sit and figure out clues instead of just like follow the the arrow on the map and stuff so yeah. They're giving you more tools to create your own story by yes. by not pointing you towards the story. They're just point. They're just giving you the the necessary tools to to facilitate an adventure. And then you're like, okay, like let's tell our own story. And that is augmented by the fact that you're in a shared world. And you know there might be other people out there also looking for chickens. So 
Right. Um, and that's one thing that I noticed more so than the last time I played is the just the sheer amount of people. I think they might have like shrunk the number of servers or increased the server population or something because we almost constantly could see another ship. There was like there was always other ships around and it wasn't until like we played for probably like three or four hours this afternoon. And it wasn't until the very end where we actually had an issue with people being jerks, hmm. but we had like, we saw a whole bunch of people. Nobody ever really chased us. Nobody tried to shrink or shrink us. Nobody tried to sink us. <laughs> and uh, we had a really fun experience just like trying to follow these breadcrumbs, including a point where we were like trying to follow the breadcrumbs. We were sailing up to an outpost and all of a sudden I turned around and there was a giant shark right next to us that was literally the size of our boat. Whoa. So it was so I I screamed. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, Josh, Josh, he's here, he's here, he's here. And Josh is like, what, what? <gasps> it was awesome. <laughs> How do you it combat awesome. that? Like a giant shark. We, uh, so run They're They're basically like raid bosses and they're huh. not meant for two people, but yeah, we definitely both screamed. It was terrifying. Not to mention like it circles your boat a lot and mm. at night it glows. <laughs> and so it's got like all of these like glowy lines down its side. It's fin glows with that kind of like ghosty bluey greeny, like deep sea trench type color do you know what i mean all those fish that have that like bioluminescent stuff right it's all over this shark plus he's got like six eyes <laughs> but yeah he's really hard to hit with cannons because he's below the water oh, so okay. we basically were just trying to shoot him with pistols <laughs> and it like i think we fought it for probably like an hour and never killed it but we ran out of uh we ran out of wood so we couldn't patch our ship anymore so Josh steered us towards an island and I was just running down with the bucket trying to bail out the ship enough so that we could get it to shore to hope to try to find some wood. And uh, eventually the, 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 we couldn't find the shark anymore, so he despawned. But huh. it was so much fun and it was so scary because like when he comes, when he makes a run at the boat and opens his mouth, he's got like, his mouth is big enough to go like bottom of the ship to top of the ship. Like the thing is huge oh. and it's got like four rows of teeth. And if you are anywhere, if you're like on the back end of the ship or the front end of the ship, and that's the part of the ship that he's hitting, like you're going to take almost all your health and damage. Like <laughs> you have to be on the opposite end of the ship to where he's attacking. And if you are on any kind of a deck, you're going to get knocked off. Like hmm. he hits the ship so hard that he knocks you off unless you're underneath, like under the deck. And even then, if you're underneath in the like hull of the ship, you'll take all the damage. So hmm. it's just like when you see him coming at the ship, you're just like, oh my God, where do I even go? That's really <laughs> and cool. if you get knocked into the water, then oh, <laughs> getting knocked in the water is terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah, because that's, that's his domain. You're in the water with a giant shark. Yeah, it's crazy. Not to mention, so Josh got knocked off. And he had, like, only, like, maybe a quarter of his health left or something. He's freaking out about the giant shark. And then he got eaten by a little shark. <laughs> his baby sharks. Yeah, he got killed by the baby shark. But, yeah, it's 
it's amazing it was so Ooh. much fun to do that battle and then so that was the hungering deep that was the boss that was added with the hungering deep so the quests that have to do or like the breadcrumbs that lead you out to an encounter with the shark are gone out of the game now but the shark's still in the game so he's like um like the kraken he's constantly in the game and will just show up and and attack random ships although i still have never been attacked by the kraken and hmm. so he will just randomly spawn but the thing that we went in there to do was to actually take part in this whole cursed sales event and so like i said we were doing the breadcrumb quest but there are also banners on the shores of every outpost with a little hint telling you that between x and y days we figured out we thought it was at first we thought it was coordinates because it said like between the first and the tenth and then if you look at the map there's like one to ten down the left hand side so we thought that it was like maybe coordinates on the map as to where we were supposed to go and then we thought it was maybe hours so between one and ten we thought it was like 1 a.m to 10 a.m we had to be in a certain spot but then we realized when you open your clock in game there's actually like a little date counter hmm. so you between like the first and tenth of the month you go to one portion of the map between the like 11th and 20th of the month you go to another section of the map because there's three different sections of the map there's like the uh shores of plenty the uh ancient shores and whale or whaling somethings or something i can't remember but there's three map sections so you basically a month of in-game time you kind of move around and it takes like well you've seen the day night cycle in sea of thieves like yeah. it might take it might take 10 minutes or so to go through a day uh oh the wilds thanks josh i knew it was a w name uh so yeah in during a, over a month of in-game time there will be three different um pirate crews that you have to interact or that you can go and try to defeat so that was the next thing that we did is we went to uh the area of the map that had the pirate crew active and we went to go and try the fight there was already a galleon that was fighting and uh so we showed up in a sloop another sloop showed up and the other sloop showed up and was trying to get us to join an alliance which is something else that they've added in the game and the alliances don't prevent friendly fire, but they're basically a way of signaling another ship to be like, we're friendly. We're not going to like purposely shoot you. Uh, Josh almost accidentally sunk the <laughs> sunk our allied ship. But the, in his defense, the allied ship kept sailing between us and the skeleton ship. So it's their own fault. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and the alliance is when you're in an alliance. I did. Uh, I went and looked this up. Anytime you're in an alliance you get 100% of any of the chests that you turn in and 50% of any of the chests that anyone in your alliance turns in. So if you're in an alliance, then it's a way to kind of um, grind up gold and reputation faster. So it's kind of an interesting system, but you can break an alliance at any time. Hmm. So... Yeah, what ended up happening is we ended up sinking the skeleton ships and they come in waves. So there's like, at first you're fighting one skeleton ship and then if you sink it, then it kind of like calls in its buddies and then there's two to fight and then there's three to fight. So um, we showed up for the final wave. We saw a couple of other, we saw the galleon sink a couple of the pirate ships. And then, so we came in to help and sink the last one, but the galleon was full of assholes. 
which is not really surprising if you guys have been playing Sea of Thieves at all. So we were purposely not shooting the galleon. We were purposely shooting the pirate ship, and then they started shooting at us as soon as the as soon as the pirate ship went down, or as soon as the sorry skeleton ship went down, and then chased us all the way to the outpost. And then just kept killing us over and over again. And we're like, we have no treasure. We were actually just about to log out. We even left the skeleton ship without even diving to see if there was a shipwreck. So like wired. And then like the guy that jumped off the ship had the title, the pirate legend title. And I was just like, dude, you're picking on people with a default ship. Like (laughs) we literally have nothing. I'm glad that this is fun for you. But I was just like, Next time, what I'm going to do when we're about to log off is I'm just going to figure out which way the wind is going. I'm just going to put the sails down the whole way. I'm going to jump off and let them chase my empty ship. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, like, when you think about how when you're designing a game for that focuses on multiplayer and you put no... There's no strong barriers there because barriers would get in the way of the, of the orchestrated of fun. The, of the adventure, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I do, like, I understand that. And I'm not, like, upset with the developers. The game is what the game is. And I like what the game is. I do like that there's PvP because, to me, it makes it so that there's always a sense of adventure because every single person that you come up to, you're like, are they going to attack me? Are they not going to attack me? Like, mm-hmm. when I was playing solo a lot, I was, um, I very much just, like, I hid all the time. Like, I was very, very careful about where I like sailed my ship and I was paying a lot of attention to the whole like the horizon all the time so I was very 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 careful and I had a lot of fun playing like that because it it kept the game like exciting to me Mm -hmm. because I always felt like I was in danger I always felt like I was going to be attacked and so I don't have a problem with Sea of Thieves being PvP at all I think that's that is part of the excitement it's just like I'm more just like ticked off at people like do you really have to be an asshole like it just like i don't understand it's not my kind of fun and i guess like it's somebody's kind of fun but like i wasn't even fighting back like i was standing in my menus like trying to figure out how to scuttle the ship (laughs) and so i was like and again this is i guess the honorable duel part of me i guess but i'm like i find it more interesting when both people realize that they are in combat and like then you have an actual whose skills are better competition Mm -hmm. i don't like it when it's just like oh haha she was clearly afk and i shot her in the head i'm gonna do it five times like how is that fun to me that would just be boring like i want somebody who's gonna give me a challenge i don't want somebody who's afk that i'm just shooting in the face for no reason like I feel like that's like bordering on like, you've got some serious mental issues, dude. Like that's the kind of, you. I feel like you're the kind of person that might just like go outside and torture squirrels <laughs> and pull the wings off flies. <laughs> like, oh man, that's a leap. That, but I, I, I think it's a, it's a solid, that's what it uh, feels like leap. to me though. Like, do you, do you really get that much joy out of hurting a defenseless person? <laughs> uh, I, I'm just, I guess the question, like, I'm not defending them. I'm just playing devil's advocate because I agree with you. I, th- I think, you know, you've got to... I just think it's a really crazy There's a weird fascination there. But, yeah. But do they get anything for killing your defenseless no. ship? No. Okay, well then, yeah, that's pretty... That's just them <laughs> being dinks, you know? And, and, and maybe they need to search inwards uh, to figure <laughs> out why. Like, the, the only thing... Like, on the ship is, um, like, your cannonballs, your bananas, and your wood. Um, but it's just, like, our ship the was Trinity. parked... It's it's full it's full of holes because we had we had a shark attacking to us. It literally had holes on the top of the deck 
which I didn't even know could happen. They were unpatchable holes, but it's like every single possible like area of the ship that could have a hole in it had a hole in it. Like there was no more room for the like animation to render. So the holes that we had that we had patched, the wood just kept popping off of them because there was no new holes to make. That's how many holes are in this ship. We had no treasure. We had no skulls. We had no nothing. And I was just like, what are you guys even doing? Like, there's literally nothing there. We didn't, we finished turning in our two explosive barrels and they saw us run away from the skeleton ship. So we didn't even stick around to see if there was any loot on the skeleton ship. And they knew that. So we were just like, they actually stayed behind to kill the other sloop that had helped them with the skeleton ship because their galleon sank once. They had to restock their galleon and come back and then attack the skeleton ship again. And then still, like, even after we kept the encounter going and we helped them sink the skeleton ship along with this other sloop, then they still decided to chase us down. It was so dumb. That's just people being, yeah, that's just the internet. I don't know. Like. <laughs> yeah that's really what it feels like so anyways like josh and i had a really good time right up until the very 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 end when this ship chased us down and we were logging out anyway so it wasn't a big deal it's not like they got a whole bunch of stuff off of us or whatever right. and and we had no like reason to fight so we just didn't and then we just logged out i was like oh whatever yeah. <laughs> but yeah so overall time. though we tried the skeleton ship encounter it was really cool and then we uh, just randomly had the encounter with the giant shark. That was really cool. And like I said, we've been working on this kind of breadcrumb quest that's tied to the cursed sails, and that hmm. was really cool. So there's a, a few more layers and a few more encounters. And, and granted, I don't know how often you run into the giant shark. I think there's a reward for killing it the first time, and then there's no reward afterwards. So then it just kind of becomes a nuisance. Hmm. So say the forums anyways. I, I still think it's it's another exciting thing to either try to evade or have to deal with like the storms. Um, so I like it. I think it, I think it's really cool. And I think it just, it adds a little bit more. Like I said, the whole world in Sea of Thieves feels a little bit more populated now because there's more than just the Kraken enemy. There's still the skeleton forts. Now there's the skeleton crews. There's the Kraken and the giant shark and these little breadcrumb quests kind of quests um that you can do or you can't do like it, it's totally up to you so it's it's all really cool and really intense and feels a little bit more lived in now like there's more stuff we didn't do too much of just sailing for a really long time for no reason which i felt like we were doing a lot of floating around with nothing happening a few months ago so i do think that they it's been some good changes it's been some good. good changes and i'm it was a really nice break from wow for me too uh which kind of feels crazy that i need a break from wow three days into the expansion but <laughs> it's, it's still it was yeah. it, it was really nice it was really nice so uh yeah if you are interested in sea of thieves at all or if you checked it out on launch and didn't really like it give it another shot. It's still the same game. Like they didn't, it's not some big reimagining of what Sea of Thieves is. It's just Sea of Thieves. It's like they made a cake and then now they put sprinkles on it. (laughs) That's kind of what it feels like. So yeah, a little bit more fun on your, on your already delicious cake. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
so that brings us to our patron ad for this week. Who uh, this one comes to us from Simon, who says, "Weekly News Weekly News Desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. You can join your two knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. You can find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. We have one really quick story for you this week, you guys. Discord is adding a game store. So it seems like everybody and their uncle is now trying to sell us video games. Discord is doing it uh, with a kind of curated indie game store. Mm-hmm. And I really don't know how I feel about this. In a world where Steam exists, like, and it's not even necessarily that games are different prices on different consoles, so I don't really know if I need yet another place to buy games. And I think my biggest problem with this is that I feel like, and and we are using Discord right now, and if you guys are watching the live stream, you can see, like, Ryan's video has flickered black a couple times. Like, it just, Discord used to do one thing really well. It was a super awesome voice chat. It was a, like, there was small, it was a small set of people who were using it. It was solid. It was reliable. And then they started to add, they opened it up to more and more people, and which is fine. And then they added voice chat, or sorry, um, they added video chat, which has kind of been rocky, but was felt like it was slowly getting better. They were kind of like working out the kinks. But now they've got this whole games tab where you can like have a social network thing going on with all of your friends. And then now they're adding the game store and it just feels like, they're diverting from what people originally wanted and they're now just not really doing anything particularly well. If they had just stuck to a voice communication app, I think it would have been fantastic, Mm -hmm. but it feels like they're really like spreading themselves too thin. Not to mention this. So this uh, discord gate, you basically get um, in the store. If you are a nitro subscriber, which is um, $5 American a month, I believe. You are, quote-unquote, supporting Discord's development, but then you're also getting free games now. So I'm just like, I want to support Discord's development because I want you to fix the problems on your platform. I don't want to pay another game subscription service. Like, PlayStation already does this. Microsoft already does this. Like, I don't need you to do this, Discord. Even Nintendo has a monthly friggin' fee now, don't they? They will in September. Or they will, yeah, I it's think, coming. I think that I think that's different from 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 this. Um uh, well, maybe it's not different. I think I think this goes back to the original comment at the beginning of the show of, of you know, the same guys curating the store and making the store work and, and searching out those business deals aren't the same guys working on server tech. Um that, that is being true. That being said, um I think your point still stands from the aspect of like lower end you know, PCs and Macs like my own that I use for podcasting, like and using Discord. The more layers you on, you add onto an app, the more resources that app is using at the same time. Now, I'm not saying the fact that it has a store and an activity page that's actually you know bloating the app, but like eventually, if you keep going, um, you're you're gonna bloat it. But I think what's happening is, you know, Discord has a hundred and what a hundred. They they had a large number of users. I think it's like 150 million, but I might be inflating that, but a lot of people are using Discord as a free service. Yeah, you're going to do something with those users and try to convert them into more into more money. And um, they are saying, yeah, 100, 150 million people use Discord. 
Yeah. Like, I, I, I can't blame them for for trying to do that, but at the same time, I can still be upset and look at competitors coming up that, that will then bring up... Like, with Skype, they kept adding to it and adding to it and not fixing the issues, and they still haven't fixed a lot of issues. That's why we're using Discord right now. And if Discord continues down that path and another one comes up, it's like, well, yeah, we'll switch to that one. But I think... Well, I guess like, yeah. okay, so my problem, maybe I should clarify my comments mm. a little bit. Um, I'm not necessarily talking about resources in terms of like person A doing job A and B. Like I know that there are people doing like handling different jobs, but like if I'm giving them $5 a month, then that's oh. $5 a month that should go towards person A doing development job A to make servers better. Well, yeah, and now you... it's like that $5 might be $4 to person A, but then is $1 to person B to curate a game store that I don't want. Well, so it's, it's not more only like... that. It's that, that it, I mean, I don't know how business deals work, but like they they must be paying. I mean, I understand how business deals work, but this specific <laughs> one. <laughs> how does business work, everybody, says the guy in business. <laughs> Who even businesses? How I do I know. business? Please write book on business. Um, no, I think that uh, you're right in that the $5 a month, which hasn't been increased, but you're getting, you know, you're getting more as a user. Like they have to pay for those games that are going to be yeah. given away for free. It's a small amount, I'm sure, um, because it's a large subscription service. But, but then there's the aspect of like, they might get more people to subscribe now that you're getting more free games. And then the influx of people subscribing who didn't really care about supporting or didn't want an animated, you know, avatar or, or choosing the numbers on the end of their, their ID. Right. Might actually subscribe. For yeah. The, so it for might offset it a bit. Um, and, and I got to say the, the store, I, I just, I noticed it. I think it's live now. Um, for everyone in the game the games page has been live for a while oh, i don't know if oh no the activity actually... pages yeah. yeah i i actually like the activities page but the store um it's a curated uh list of you know the the hottest indies going on right now um i think the free the free listing is is not that great uh there's nothing in there that really jumped out at me but but you know, Dead Cells top center. You know, uh, Frostpunk's in there. Hollow Knight. Like they've got a good listing. If they can keep that curated list to like a minimum and not go down the road of Steam and Origin and uh, Ubisoft, where it's just like, here's every game we could get signed on to our, you know, give us ten percent. Yeah. I'd rather see this curated list than like if they're gonna do a store. I'd rather see the curated side as opposed to. Here's everything. Even Twitch has, well, but has a even game then, store now. So. Yeah. But even then, um, with a quote-unquote curated list, like Steam hmm. has tried to do that too, but I think it's because you're right. Like there's just so much on their platform that even their curation is giving me a whole lot of shit that I don't want. So it's yeah. like the um, looking at the Steam store, it's like they have so many, um, let's see, so many multiplayer games that when I play a game for game night or something like let's say I play depth then it shows me 10 games that are technically tagged with multiplayer but they're terrible and they're things that I would never buy so it's like it, it's going to depend on the amount of curation which again goes into the amount that they're investing into something that I don't even want but the other thing that I'm concerned about is that there are like as time goes on there are more and more and more and more issues with mm -hmm. quality when it comes to voice and video chat on discord it's not as solid as it was six months ago 
And if they're going to be using their existing servers and bandwidth and stuff to be serving up games, and I don't know 100% how all of this backend server stuff works, if they just redirect you over to, like, say I buy Frostpunk, hmm. do they redirect me to a Frostpunk server to download? I don't know. No, but if it's going to be, if it's going to be impacting Discord software or Discord's like um, server capacity or network capacity, like anything, I want them to be dedicating all of that to what they're supposed to be doing, which is allowing me to communicate with people I'm playing games with. And the bigger it gets, the more, Brian, you said bloated. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm running Discord to try to talk to people on the same computer as I'm playing games on, I want that to have as little impact on my system as possible. And if you're trying to make another Steam, just don't. <laughs> like, oh. Just let me talk. I don't want my talking smooshed in with my Steam everything. Like I want to have as little running on my system as possible to make my gaming experience the best that it can be. So I hate this they're, i wish they're making never another steam this this, this yeah. is this is their stab at <laughs> this steam. is like yeah indie steam <laughs> yeah like it's not there's no there's no way around explaining this one like this is their first step towards you know having a having a store and and trying to get that that cut from developers yeah. uh like i already don't pay any attention to the activity tab or the game tab or whatever the hell they called it it shows up as soon as I log in every time and mm -hmm. I just dismiss it and I go to my actual servers where people are talking, which is the thing that I want to use Discord for. The fact that they're expanding this excess functionality that I didn't want, like I just, oh man, Discord. I was a huge champion of yours. Like I was, you know, part of trying to get our guild over to be on Discord. And I, you know, like we moved, we made Discords for gamers in and for Faz and for everything. Like, I loved using it to communicate, but it's getting so big and bloated and like they don't know what direction they want to take their company now other than like, let's chase whatever the new hotness is to try to mm -hmm. make a buck. Man, the platform is not what it used to be and not in a good way. So I don't know how much longer we're going to be using Discord. We've actually switched over to use another service for most of the other podcasts. So we'll probably use it for Gamers In next week. Oh. Um, but yeah. Discord is is not not where it used to be when it comes to quality. So I think this is a terrible move, but maybe they'll prove me wrong and maybe Nitro will become something like Ryan suggested that a lot of people want to use. And then as more people join Nitro, it will allow them to actually develop the, the uh, platform better. I don't know, but I am so sick and tired of paying 60 bucks a year to all these companies that offer me free games that are games I don't want. Like, oh yeah, it's definitely like just a pile of games. I, I learned that uh, I I canceled my PS Plus and my Xbox Live, and I haven't looked back. In that, I, yeah, I just don't. Now that being said, the Nintendo one, um, they're they're going to be giving you uh, yeah, retrofitted with online gameplay NES games like that. That will tickle a fancy for me, and I, I'm cool with that. And it's twenty bucks a year, so it's it's like pretty much a drop in. I mean, it's not a drop in, in the bucket, but yeah, maybe maybe a year well, from now 20, I'll be saying the same thing. Yeah. You know? 20 bucks 20 bucks a year though is a lot better than 50 or 60 bucks a year yeah 60 bucks a year and i think now it's even 70 like it's not cheap for the other yeah. other services I, I mean that that is that is uh and you know, i mean i am i am the perfect playstation plus subscriber because <laughs> i don't think i've with the exception of like Rocket League when it very first came out and maybe one or two other games since, though I can't remember, like I can't put my finger on any of them that I've actually like downloaded and used. 
but I'm pretty sure that like I have not taken advantage of anything on PlayStation Plus except for like the net network connectivity or whatever, like the ability to play multiplayer games. Right. And even then, I can't remember the last PlayStation game I did multiplayer online. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like I like... played Detroit and I played Horizon Zero Dawn, neither one of which have any multiplayer that I took advantage of. <laughs> oh, some of those games will require like the subscription, even for like the augmented gameplay type stuff where the yeah. online is impacted. But I didn't I didn't have PS Plus with uh, Detroit and it still displayed like other people's you know, choice percentage. So yeah. um, there's still stuff that sneaks through, but I've noticed with Assassin's Creed Origins, there's there's some, you know, online stuff that, that doesn't that doesn't come through due to the PlayStation mm. or uh, Xbox Live. But yeah, I, I mean I I just don't play it enough to, to require it, you know. And yeah. and when I when I wanna do online stuff, it's like it's usually available on the PC and, and for some reason, you know, like no matter what the company, they are just they will not add a subscription to uh to the pc which i mean that'd be like committing reddit suicide it would be bad you know like you just you'd get in so much shit if you tried to charge pc gamers 60 bucks a month or uh, 60 bucks a year so yeah yeah so yeah that's that's the new hotness that discord is putting an indie game store in they are like you said mm. ryan they are going to curate it and there is there are going to be some 90 day exclusives apparently that are going to be launching so time will tell if this is actually going to be anything worth getting um i already have a discord nitro subscription but i think i'm going to cancel it because um like i said we're moving on to a different platform so um i'm probably actually going to cancel because i kind of want to send the message that like no actually i wanted to support your platform and help you develop it not develop it into a game store like i don't need you to be another steam i already have steam they're gonna get all the same games you have so bye-bye yeah. <laughs> i mean maybe the first test is to see what the the first like the, on discord. Dis- like the first first on discord is and yeah and look at that because i mean you're right all of these games are on steam and all of them have gone on sale um and there's no sale price here so yeah like that's that's the other thing as a consumer you're you're being charged you're it's not a competitive store yet you know yeah um well and i don't know if if they're ever going to be able to compete with steam just because steam is so big now and they've been around for so long and they have a history of these gigantic sales like the summer and winter sales are huge a lot of these indie games go like 70 and 80 percent off in some cases like hmm. how is a new discord store going to compete with that and if they do try to compete with that then again where is all that money coming from that they're using to subsidize and make their store prices so low probably my five dollars a month or fifty dollars a year so anyways yeah. i'm not a fan i think it's a bad move and uh i think we're gonna move away from discord in general so hmm. Rip Discord. Been nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> we are. But gamers are a fickle bunch. So Yes, they, exactly. They, they need to be. I mean, in terms of the announcement, I think they, they did their best to kind of sugarcoat it. But uh, I think a lot of people have reacted in, in a similar manner. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. it. W- you're right. The first on Discord will be an interesting thing to see what that game actually is and, and how it is critically uh received i guess by gamers by reviewers like is it actually going to be worth and even then they're going to be 90 day exclusives so i can't really think of any um like indie titles that i would be like totally heartbroken to just wait another few months and then get it 
for 25% off on yeah. Steam or something. Two, like, two I don't know. in the grand we'll scheme of things is, is not a lot of It's time. not very long, especially when there are indie games coming out so often. There's games in general coming out so often. I mean, God, how many times in the last couple of years have we said on this show, like, embarrassment of riches. We've just got, you know, too many mm-hmm. things. We can't even get through them all. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you'd like to visit us on the web, you can do so at gamersinpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the version of Eastern on slash the gamers in and are also available after the fact over on Twitch. If you'd like to email the show and let us know what you think about the Discord game store or how your stories are progressing over in Battle for Azeroth, please do so by emailing info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.